You're listening to the Prison Poetry Workshop Podcast. I'm Ren Smith. Here we present readings, commentary, recordings, and stories about the little-known and even less understood literary tradition of prison poetry. We begin here at Orleans Parish Prison, OPP for short, located in the third ward of New Orleans. Hi, how y'all doing? Miss Amy's on the way to get you guys. We first meet Sheriff Marlon Gusman. Testing one, two, three, four. Welcoming us to the prison is a nice break from all the hubbub of late. Recently, some controversial video surfaced of an OPP prisoner who was supposed to be in custody, strolling Bourbon Street instead. Gusman says this isn't emblematic of what typically goes on there. You get a big crowd around whenever anything negative happens. And people tend to think that uh, those negative instances are descriptive of everything that goes on every day. OPP certainly looks to have a different side to it. The day we arrived to sit in on the prisoners' writing workshop run by poet Nick DeDominic. Started back in 2009, the group meets in a tiny classroom, bare except for a few metal chairs and a solitary blackboard. Today, English professor Mark Yakic is visiting. He's helping the group delve into Walt Whitman's Leaves of Grass. Mark calls attention to the photo of Whitman located on the book's cover. The men take in the visage of a man hailing from a different time. After a brief silence, a prisoner makes this observation about the preeminent writer. He looks like a pimp. The prisoner's name is Damian Greenberry, and Mark asks him to clarify. Why do you say that? Describe that. Just too laid back, too cool. His head tilted to the side. We were like he got buku women. Greenberry, of course, is just saying the picture shows Whitman had style and attitude. Right? Hand on the hip kind of thing. He looked real dubbing now. Tilted brim, yeah. No. He'd be like, yeah, that's the person who wrote song yeah. a song for occasion. He'd be like, yeah, he wrote that. I know he wrote that. It just looked like the person who wrote this poem right here. The poem just referenced by participant Damien Williams is Whitman's A Song for Occupations and resonates with the incarcerated writers, many of whom are from working class backgrounds. In the labor of engines and trades and the labor of fields, I find the developments and find the eternal meanings, Whitman wrote. It's clear Whitman will be a favorite. He not only understands something about the blue-collar world the men come from, he embraces contradiction. And many of them, like 19-year-old Michael Bowden, live steeped in contradiction. Bowden is both a family man and a criminal, someone who broke the law in an attempt to live up to his responsibilities. That all started a decade ago, when his father passed away. And once he died, things got extremely hard. Like I said, my mom struggled, and then we went through a lot of problems, and I felt like I can't see her struggle. She don't deserve to, so I kind of took over as, as the man of the house and did whatever I can do to bring revenue to the house or to make sure that my little sister ate at, ate at night. No poem shows how well Whitman speaks to such ambiguities as Song of Myself 
Here, prisoner Daryl Creasy takes a crack at it. Do I contradict myself? Very well then, I contradict myself. I am large, I contain multitudes. I concentrate toward them that are nigh. I wait on the door slab. Who has done his day's work and will soonest be through with his supper? Who wishes to walk with me? Will you speak before I am gone? Will you prove already too late? The spotted hawk swoops by and accuses me. He complains of my gab and my loitering. I too am not a bit tamed. I too am untranslatable. I saw my barbaric yawp over the roofs of the world. The last Our barbaric yawp over the roofs of the world is what any poet aims to give. And Whitman was certainly successful at it. But perfect? As it turns out, Whitman revised over and over again. Mark describes how writing a book like Leaves of Grass takes a lifetime. So there's all these different editions. There's 1855, first edition. Then five years later, second edition, 1860. There's editions in the 1870s, uh, all the way up until the end of his life. You know, the very last edition is called the Deathbed Edition. And that's kind of what it is. He, he, he had a bunch of strokes, even in his 50s, kind of young. But he lived another 20 years, and he kept, you know, going back in and changing things. But he has an edition at the end where he changes things. That turns out to point to another reason Whitman's work is so good for the group. To unpack a volume of poetry written over a lifespan takes time. And that's something the men in the workshop have plenty of. Damian Williams. You might get a little bit of understanding the first time you read it, but as you just like you say, you got to read it over and over and over and over. And in 10 years, you still haven't got a full yeah. understanding of it. So that's, that's part, a goal to show you great. right then and now. That's great observation, isn't it? The discussion why, eventually why gives way to the group presenting their own poems. Brian Rigadell didn't contribute much to the Whitman discussion. Like a lot of poets, he presents his work by first apologizing for it. By the way, I'm really not a poet. I'm just, you know, I wrote this poem. But it's good. And once more, with its humanist musings, a perfect follow-up to Whitman. I wrote this poem based on everything that's been going on in the city. So, that's how I go. With so much pressure and pain, sometimes we need fire just to put out the flames. Trying so hard to get rid of the remains, asking God if this world will ever change. Will we make this place better for the little boys and girls? Or do we increase the wax, fire without flames, that has now found its perfect match? I'm Ren Smith. We'll be back next week with more prison poetry. To find out how you can lend your voice to our poetry archive, go to prisonpoetryworkshop.org.